0: Thanks for tuning in to our Neighborhood Church podcast. Join us on Sunday at any of our locations. To learn more about our church, visit neighborhoodchurch.com or download our church app. Hi, I'm Miss Nancy, and I get to share God's heart with you today from the I Am Devotional. Someone's calling. Our verse today is John 10:27. My sheep hear my voice. Right after birth, and probably before birth too, babies recognize their mother's voice. All newborns depend on their mother to feed and care for them, so it just makes sense they would know and respond to her voice more than any others. Jesus the good shepherd said, His sheep hear his voice and follow him. Sheep depend on a good shepherd, much like babies depend on their mothers. Sheep need help to find good food. They will eat grass right down to the roots and destroy an entire pasture if they are left in one place too long. They need quiet streams of water, or they will drink from muddy ponds instead. Sheep need protection and someone to stop them from wandering off. That's why a good shepherd trains them to listen for his voice and go where he leads. Remember, we are Jesus' sheep. The better we know Jesus and recognize his voice, the better we can follow him. And we won't be tricked by other voices either. John 10, 3-5 says, The sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he's brought out all his own... He goes before them, and the sheep follow Him, for they know His voice. A stranger they'll not follow, but they'll flee from Him. How do we get to know Jesus' voice? First, listen to His words in the Bible. The whole Bible helps us to know Him better. Remember that sheep follow. They don't run off in the opposite direction. Stay close to the Good Shepherd by spending time with Him and doing what He says. Follow the Good Shepherd, and you won't get lost. I noticed that it doesn't say, the sheep follow other sheep. That's when you go in the wrong direction. You want to make sure you're following the shepherd. My daughter went to a Christian high school. And when they were seniors, they were allowed to go to like Carl's Jr. for lunch. So my daughter and her friends went to Carl's Jr. And there was this girl that was mean to my daughter for years. She was all by herself. My daughter's friends said, we can scare her. We can go to her. And my daughter said, no. And she went up by herself to this girl, and she said, hi. She was telling me this story, and I said, well, what did she say? And she said she acted awkward and just left. But I was so proud of my daughter, because she was brave enough following the shepherd to go up to somebody who had never been nice to her, and to say hi, to give her that opening, to be friends. Later, my daughter was nominated to be homecoming queen. My daughter said, don't worry, Mom. I'm not going to win. I didn't even vote for myself, but she did win. And then on Monday, the mean girl came up to her and my daughter was thinking, what is she going to say? And she said, I voted for you and walked away. God will show you amazing things following him. So follow the shepherd. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the example you give us in your word. And how we can have that picture of being together with other believers, but all of us being concentrated on following you. We know that you have a plan for us, and it's perfect. And we'll never understand it if we don't read your words and trust you. So, Father, help us today to follow you, especially as kids, Lord. Part of following you is listening to our parents and honoring what they say, no matter what we feel like. So help us, Lord, to be that strong and to see the amazing things you will do with our lives. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.
1: Thank you, Nancy. I really appreciate you bringing that challenge to us as we walk into our time together in God's word. Uh, Good morning and welcome to Neighborhood Church, our Cypress campus here. Uh, both here, uh, outside, in our patio, uh, enjoying that time out there, that watch party, and those of you joining us on live stream. We're ec- uh, excited that you're here. Uh, we offer both because we know that we have different needs, and if being together in person is helpful, then we uh, please feel free to join us this in-person Watch Party is only offered at our 9 a.m. gathering and, and our crowd continues to grow. Yes, we're asking you to wear masks and keep that physical distance of six feet. Uh, and we have movable chairs so you can figure that out, sit in family groups or not. And it's a wonderful time and, 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 and it's shaded and there's plenty of room and we'd love for you to join us if you'd like to. Uh, but if you're joining us in person or online, uh, welcome. My name is Mike, one of the pastors here and I have an interesting question for you this morning. Uh, how many doors do you walk through in a day? How many doors do you walk through in a day? Uh, five, 10, 20, 50, 100 or more? Uh, why don't you, in the, on the chat, why don't you share how many doors you think you walk through? Or if you're uh, here uh, at our watch party, share with the people around you, how many doors do you think you walk through in a day? Just yell it out, how many you, you walk through. Here, here's another question for you. How many doors are in your house? Now, now, kids, if you're at home watching, just jump up and go start counting them. Uh, the, the kid who counts the most, the first, or the kid who counts the gets the count first wins. Parents give him a prize, and it'll be a fun. But I, I tried to do a little research uh, online to see how many doors an average person walks through. And really, not that many people care, <laughs> honestly. Uh, uh, it, it is around somewhere around 20 to sometimes 50 and even up to 150 uh, that people walk through. Uh, But we're not that concerned about but we know that doors are important. Uh, Why is that? Uh, Why are doors important? Well, uh, the obvious reason is doors keep us and our stuff safe. Uh, That's why we lock them. Uh, we see those videos on the news or whether you have one of those ring or outside cameras of the night, people walking down the street, checking doors. Uh, uh, we know it's so important to lock your doors, so, so do lock your doors at night. Uh, so doors are important for safety, but also doors are doors of opportunity where we uh, try those doors to seek fulfillment in life and, and, and to thrive as God intended. In the Bible book of, of Jeremiah, chapter 17, verses seven and eight, it talks of those who walk through the door of trusting God, living life his way. They, they will thrive like a fruit-bearing tree, like the verse that we read when we first started today in, in, in Psalms 1, but here it is in Jeremiah 17, verses 7 and 8. Let me read it for you. Blessed is the man, the person who trusts in the Lord. Now, if you're seeing it on the screen there, you notice it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, Whenever you see that in the, in the Old Testament, that's the name of God. Uh, we're not sure exactly what the name is. Some translated as Jehovah, some as Yahweh. Uh, it's, it's, it's the letters up here, uh, Y-H-W-H. It's, it's the consonants that are there. We, we, we know it's the name of God. It's, when Moses encountered God in the burning bush, And and Moses said, who is your name? And he says, I am who I am, Yahweh. That's the name of God. All of who God is, his character is kind of compacted and compressed in that name. Speaking of the incredible love of God, the amazing abilities and all powerful, all knowing, sovereign creator, all of those things packed into that name. Jeremiah says, blessed is the one who trusts in that name, in the Lord. And it says, whose trust is Yahweh, whose trust is the Lord, meaning meaning those who have confidence in the name of God, who confidence in all of who God is. Those who've walked through that door, that door of trust in God, they are like a tree planted by water that sends out its root by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and it's, it's, it's not anxious in the year of drought, nor does it Cease to bear fruit. We've been walking through this series, it's called I Am, looking at Jesus and the I Am statements from the Gospel of John, but realizing those are reflections of, of God when he said he is who he is, the I Am. that That is who Jesus is. But this door of trust in Jesus, wow, that is a, a door worth walking through. But sometimes we feel like that old game show, Let's Make a Deal. You, you, some of you older folks remember the original. I think it was with Monty Hall and Carol Merrill and, and that. And then there was a new version came out a while ago. But, but people had to choose. They had to choose between door number one, Door number two or door number three. And, and we all knew that two doors were duds, or they called them zonks at that point. Uh, uh, but, but, but one door was amazing, this amazing deal that, that people could have. And it was fun to, to see the people pick those choices. And, and we, we hope for them to pick the best one, or, or if, we, if we're a little sadistic, we want them to pick the bad one. But, but we, all, we all wish we knew. We, knew, we wish you knew it was behind that door. Don't you wish you knew? Uh, if that door of a job or investment or relationship or friendship or purchase or move or opportunity or, or whatever was, was a good one, uh, full of all that God desired for you, well, there is a door. There is a door that is a sure reality, a door of great opportunity and fulfillment where we truly thrive and even are assured of safety from, from life's greatest threat that door, and you guessed it, is Jesus. And here in John chapter 10, verses one to 10, Jesus makes another one of these I am statements that he is the door or the gate. Now, we've been walking through the realities of who Jesus is in this this season of unrest and and uncertainty. For to know who Jesus is can bring great peace and, and help and guidance, and direction, and stability, and unity, and refuge, and and yes, safety. And as you'll see this morning, Jesus is a door of opportunity for salvation, for fulfillment, and to thrive as God intended. For Jesus is the door to the life we were created to live. So so let's look at, at three life realities of walking through the door of Jesus found in John chapter 10, verses one to 10. Hopefully you got a Bible. You can pick up and grab one and, and we'll be walking through it. Before we do, let's, why don't you all stand? If, you, if you're sitting here in the outside or here, stand up, let's pray. If you're at home, come on, stand up. I know you're uncomfortable in your jammies and all that, but go ahead and stand up and let's pray. Would you pray with me? Father God, I thank you for today. And Lord, I do pray that these technical difficulties will somehow be fixed and it won't be distracting to us. But God, let us tune in and lean in to hear your word. Thank you that the audio seems to be working. And I pray that, God, that you would use this moment, this time, this opportunity, God, to to, to draw us closer to yourself, that we may walk through that door of trust in you and see this incredible, amazing, abundant life that you have for us. God, challenge us. Meet us at our point of need, and Holy Spirit, teach us what you want us to gain this morning, for we pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a seat and uh, encourage you to, to jot down some notes. If you're online and on your computer, there's a note section somewhere you can look at and there's some fill in the blanks. If you're on our app, there's some ways to be able to do that as well as we walk through this. I encourage you to, to do take some notes. Uh, also encourage you afterwards to head over to our, our website and, and though it's under construction, you can still manage that. There's a section called Revive. Uh, it, it is great places. It has some great resources. A video I did it this week and there's a, 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 a post that I made. It all relate to this uh, topic that we're talking about. I encourage you to do that. to help your study. But knowing who Jesus is is important especially in these days, in these times of, of, of social unrest and, and all that's been going on, the fear that's being uh, thrown up in our face every day as we listen to the news and all the stuff that's happening and the closures and even stuff that we're experiencing ourselves, that uh, uh, we need to learn who Jesus is and then to walk through that door of trust in him, that Jesus is the great I am, uh, that he is God, that he is Yahweh, the, the one who is and was and always will be creator God. That Jesus is the bread of life that sustains it. Jesus is the light of the world that illuminates it. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus gives us power to rise up. Jesus is that true vine to attach to, to connect with, to abide in, like that grafted in vine, uh, to the, to the uh, grafted in branch to the vine, that, that it's the life energy flows into that vine and through it, that's Jesus. And so let's look at how Jesus is the door. Uh, I've asked Shelby Portnev, uh, actually Lee Portnev was the one who shared his testimony during that song and, and now his wife Shelby is gonna read our scripture for this morning. John chapter 10 verses one to 10. Listen into to Shelby.
2: Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly.
1: Oh, thanks, Shelby. Uh, You know, the truth is, is is where sheep live is a clear metaphor in Jesus' day. Uh, People saw sheep corrals and understood that sheep needed caring for and that sheep enclosures were important and, and, and through, the, through that door, that gate, there was safety, and, and, and life could be full for the sheep, and, and they would thrive. And walking through the door of Jesus is much the same, that door of trust is much the same for you and for me. For Jesus is the door to the life we were created to live. Let's look at these three realities of walking through the door of Jesus. The first is that Jesus is a door to eternal life, to salvation. Uh, John ten nine uh, shall be read it, but let me read it again, uh, verse 9 of, of John 10. I am the door, Jesus says. If anyone enters me, he will be saved. Uh, saved meaning from the plight of sin. See, the reality is, and, and many of you know this, the reality is that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. In other words, there has been a door that has been slammed shut, and there's no way to get through that door that door sin has slammed it shut and it's kept us and held us back from, from from having a connection with God. It's held us back from from living out all that God expects us to live and, and living out our full potential. And it it actually keeps us out of heaven. And there's no way we can bust down that door. It is impenetrable, it is immovable, there is no way through on a human level. Well, that, that's why Jesus came. See, Jesus came that we might have life, and that life is found in him. He was the one who took care of our sin, and he actually became a new door, a door that we can go through. And how we grab hold of that door is by our free will, we reach out and grab the handle, and then we turn the knob, and through faith, we enter into that door. That's called faith. We, we, we're believing that, yes, we're sinful and need a savior and that Jesus is the only way to deal with our sin problem. And once we walk door, through that open door of faith, we now are beginning to live the, the, the life that God intended for us. We, we now have a relationship, a connection with God, and we are assured of salvation in heaven, eternal life with God forever when we walk through that door. Sin has held us back, but Jesus made a way. He is the door. And and, and, uh, many of you have done that. You have walked through, you have made that decision, you've reached out by your will, and you've opened it through faith and stepped through. But maybe some of you still need to do that. You need to come to that, that point in your life where you get it, that you're sinful and need a savior, and that... It's Jesus is the one that, that, you could, that you need to reach out and grab that handle and say, yes, I believe. Uh, hang with us as we head into communion and we'll, we'll talk more about how to make that decision. But uh, it's, it's a simple prayer and a simple step of faith and many of you have done that. And for the rest of us, we need to keep walking in this life of faith and belief in Jesus, this door, and now what's interesting is in verse one and, and verse five and verse eight and verse 10, all talk of thieves and robbers and strangers who are after the sheep. And truthfully, there are a lot of different philosophies and, and worldviews out there wanting to, to pull us away from walking through the door of faith in Jesus. And it's interesting that in John chapter 10, verse three, it talks of us listening for those who believe, who have belief in Jesus, listen to their shepherd, listen to their savior. Now, we're gonna talk about Jesus being the good shepherd next week, but, 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 but that belief says that we're gonna listen to Jesus. So here's a question for you. Who's, whose voice are you listening to? Are you listening to that convincing activist that, that has an agenda or, or the voice of Jesus who created you and desires for each of us to to fulfill our design and be part of his movement, his movement of love. (laughs) Did not Jesus say that the highest and greatest commandment was to love God and to love others? Yes, he did. If you want a chapter and verse, Matthew chapter 22, verses uh, 36 to 40. So we're to be discerning in, in, in who we're listening to. Actually, 1 John 4, 1 and 2 says it this way. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. We need to to, to hold these convincing voices that are in our world today up to the test of scripture Some sound very, very persuasive, and it feels right. We need to be careful and test them with Scripture and test them with the words of Jesus. And if they're not from him, to not believe, to not choose to believe, but always believe in Jesus. And we don't need to fear. Actually, verse 4 of 1 John 4 puts it this way, little children, you are from God, and have overcome them, those other voices that are out there, those other influences out there. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. And so we're to walk forward in that trust of Jesus and to put our trust in him, believing him, listening to him. Have you walked through that door of faith in Jesus? Are you continuing to walk through that door of belief and continue to listen to Jesus and follow his way of life? For Jesus is the door to the life we were created to live. Well, Jesus is the door of eternal life. Jesus is also the door of a fulfilling life. Let's look back again at, at, at verses seven to nine. It says this of John 10. So Jesus again said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come in before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door, verse nine. If anyone enters me, he will be saved and and, and will go out and come in and find pasture. That idea of finding pasture is the idea of of a fulfilled life, a fulfilling life. Sheep long (laughs) for the fulfilling life of green grass and calm waters. Read sometime, the 23rd Psalm, that he makes us lie down in green pastures by still waters. That's the fulfilling life of a sheep, but God has given us, and through that door comes the fulfilling life for us. It's the door of provision that Jesus brings. Philippians 4.19 puts it this way. And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus that God will meet your needs, that God will be there for you, that God will will help you and walk you through. It doesn't mean that you won't ever go hungry. It doesn't mean that you won't ever be in want or struggle, but he is gonna provide what you need in life to live that fulfilling life. As well, Jesus is is the door to a fulfilling life path. For life finds its order in Jesus as we walk through that door. There's a familiar passage. I talk about it a lot. It's Matthew chapter six, verse thirty-three. Well, in Matthew chapter six, the disciples are being led out. They're 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 seeking to, to live the life, the fulfilling life that Jesus called them to live at that time. And they began to get worried. They began to get uh, wonder what they're gonna, how they're gonna eat, how they're gonna be clothed, how they're gonna make it in life. And and Jesus was sensing their worry and says, "Why do you worry about these things? Where is your faith? Why is your faith so little?" He says, don't you know that God cares for the birds of the air and feeds them? And look at the flowers. They're dressed in all kinds of beauty. And God cares more for you than those. And then Jesus says in, in, in Matthew 6, verse 33, he says, seek first the kingdom of God. To seek first the kingdom of God is actually to open that door of trust in Jesus and to walk through Seek first the, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things, all the, the elements of life to live that fulfilling life that we so desire to live, will just begin to fall in its place as we walk by faith, trusting in Jesus, walking through that door. You see, uh, fulfillment is, is not found in acquiring things or status or, or accomplishments. Life fulfillment is never found in those. Life fulfillment is found in living out our purpose, our God-given purpose, and that requires going through that door of Jesus as leader and Lord of our life. Now, what's interesting in this <clears throat> John chapter 10, verses one to 10, is that the, the, the chapter before this, John chapter nine, there's a very interesting occurrence. I encourage you to read it sometime. It's, it's about Jesus healing a, a person born blind. Uh, Jesus sees this person and, and, and wants to be healed, and so Jesus uh, spits on the ground, makes a little mud, puts it on his eyes, he goes and washes, and he can see. Unbelievable. That has never been done before. No one has ever healed the sight of someone who has been born blind. And actually, it, it was a sign of Messiah, this, this leader and Lord of life, well, no one could believe it. The, 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 the Pharisees, the religious right, didn't want to believe it because they figured this is a sign of Messiah and that person can't be this Messiah because they didn't come to us first. And we're the validation of everything and uh, religious and, and that was not right either. Jesus heals this person. It created quite an altercation because those in power didn't want to accept someone else in power over them And yet, Jesus, this was a proof of his rightful leadership and lordship because he can give sight to the blind. You see, fulfillment is not in a political party, yet we should still engage our communities. Fulfillment is not in liberating the oppressed, yet Jesus and the Bible affirms that we are to care for the least of these Fulfillment is is also not in, in things getting back to normal because of this virus, and yet we still should do our part to stop the spread. What fulfillment is, is walking through that door of belief and trust in Jesus as leader and Lord of our life, following Him, aligning life to Him. So, how's that going? Will you, you respond to his voice, listen to his voice? For Jesus is the door to the life we are created to live. Jesus is a door to eternal life, a fulfilling life, and Jesus is a door to an abundant life. Let's, let's look at the last verse in our, our uh, passage today, uh, John 10, 10, Jesus says, the thief comes only to steal, steal and to kill and destroy. I have come, Jesus says, that they might have life and have it abundantly. Yes, the threat of thieves and robbers are very real. They were real then, and they're real even today. And not just those who steal our stuff, but those who have differing life philosophies and worldviews, like we mentioned, that want to lead us away from Jesus and away from true fulfillment into personal difficulty and turmoil for us, but for their selfish gain and yet the life found to the door of Jesus is, is all that we have been talking about. It's, it's a life full of fulfillment and, and salvation and eternal life and, and, and now abundance, this abundant life. It means that we have, have a, a part and a place in this universe and it's significant. That's why Paul could say in, in Philippians 3.14, <clears throat> I press on towards the goal of for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. <laughs> this is the Apostle Paul. He, he, he used to be called Saul, and he felt that fulfillment in life was to be very zealous for the, for the religious right of, of fulfilling the law of God and, and, and even taking out and, and, and killing Christians and, and, and getting rid of them and wiping them off the face of the earth. But Jesus got a hold of Saul. And Acts chapter nine confronted him and Saul repented and turned around and he walked through that door of faith in Jesus and he began to live a true abundant life. That life to the max, that life as it was meant to live, that life to live out his purpose, living out who God has called him to be. And for Paul, it was being Besides Jesus, the most influential believer out there that's pointing people to Jesus, but God has a call in our life. It's all over Scripture, but let me just pull out three. One is to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Second Peter, chapter three, verse eighteen, it says, "But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior Jesus Christ." That we're to to, to study and to to read and. And the key in this is to take it on our own responsibility to grow, to actually take moments where, where we don't just wait for a Sunday sermon or we don't just wait to find somebody else tuning in, but we actually read it for ourselves and study for ourselves. Sure, maybe we may need to, to, to look at commentaries and, and what other people say about a passage and, and study the different verbs and, 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 and nouns and all of those things that are in, written in the word of God, but yet also, we can do it just by reading our word and looking into study notes and, and, and getting more about it, asking questions, being involved in a group Bible study to, to be able to foster more growth. But we're to take on our responsibility to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The next is to pray. First Thessalonians 5:17 says, pray without ceasing, to constantly pray, talk to God, interact with God, to let Him know how you think and feel and dream. And we're all to pray for things, to pray for our our family. That's why uh, a while ago we challenged you to to put this yard sign in your yard to pray for your city. And I still wanna encourage you with that. Jeremiah 29, verse seven says to us, pray for your city. To to pray for our city, not just the government of it, but the people in it, your neighbors, those down the street, the police, the fire, all of those different, the the medical personnel, first responders, and, and all those in our city the hurting, the struggling. And that's why I encourage you to grab one of these yard signs. Actually, we still have some here, and I wanna encourage you to, to take that, take the opportunity to stick this in your yard and to pray, and if, if you're brave enough, I'd love for you to to, to to get a little video of you praying so that we can hear you pray and add that to the others and, and be able to share that. I know it's, it's, it's a little bit scary. What, you are gonna watch me pray? And, and yeah, that's okay. It's okay to pray in public like that, and that we do it all the time here, so I encourage you with that. We're to grow in the grace and knowledge of, knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, we're to pray, but also we're to do a neighbor favor. (laughs) I love that phrase, neighbor favor. I actually took it from my son-in-law, Jericho, um, as he was encouraging his church. He's a pastor in a church in Huntington Beach, and he was encouraging his church to reach out to their neighbors. And so he said, why don't you do a neighbor favor? Actually, that's scriptural. And so we've been talking a lot about it here. Matthew 22, verse 39, says Jesus says to love our neighbors. It's being involved in finding a way to bless those that we live around. Christy just yesterday baked some cookies for a guy down the street and over from us who keeps bringing me barbecue sauce, and I love it, and we just wanted to bring him and bless him with some cookies. It's those kind of notes and cards and encouragements and just even waving and getting to know people, those are neighbor favors that we can do. That's our calling, that's our purpose. You're not just here for selfish reasons or just to survive, you're here to thrive. And that thriving involves living out your purpose and you have one. Really, you do. See, Jesus is that door to abundant life. It's, it's found in walking through that door of belief in and interacting with Jesus. The question is, will you continue? For Jesus is a door to the life we were created to live. Now, I'm not sure what will be on the other side of the doors you will walk through today, but I do know that if you walk through the door of Jesus, believing in him, interacting with him, listening to him, trusting him, it will be amazing. Jesus is the door of eternal life. Jesus is the door of fulfilling life. Jesus is the door to an abundant life. Jesus is that door to the life we are created to live. I sure hope you're experiencing Jesus as that door of life for you. Will you pray with me? Father God, I wanna thank you for just the reality of, of the fact that you um, are that door. <laughs> There's so many other opportunities that we can walk through in life, so many other doors And a lot of other people trying to tell us that their door is the right door, that if we follow this leader here or this activist here or this philosophy here, and yet those doors tend to lead to emptiness and not fulfillment. The door that you provide, you as the God of the universe has said, there's an abundant life that we thrive when we walk through that door of trust in you. God, help us in that. There's so many other voices out there that want to pull us at different directions and even our own. We get so caught up in ourselves. So God, help us to walk through that door, to believe in you initially, to to seek you as our fulfillment in life, to to strive after the abundant life you have for us in finding our purpose. Thanks you provide it. Thanks, Jesus, that you are that door, a trusted door, we can walk through. We pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to encourage you um, to continue to walk through that door of faith in Jesus, because that's really where the abundant life, thriving life is found.